If you want to tune out to our guests' favorite music, check out the curate playlist for each episode. Click the link in each episode's description or check out our Instagram bio at tuneout underscore podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Tune Out. I am your host, Max Matez. I have a very special guest today, hailing all the way from Dublin, Ireland, is Quiva Tyndall. Quiva's favorite bands, musical artists, are Phoebe Bridgers, Rura, Abba, and Andrea Bocelli. Quiva, welcome. You can say hello. Hey, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> Don't be nervous. It's okay. <laughs> This is about having fun. Yep. Let's oh, have it. Oh, man. Quiva, it's late for you over there, isn't it? It is half seven, so it's not too late. It's just after uh, just after the work day, although it is a Saturday, so I suppose it shouldn't have, shouldn't have been a work day, but uh, yeah. yeah, it's still bright out. That's good. Did you listen to any new music this week or anything good today during your work day? Um, I listened to the same things that I usually listen to. Nothing new today. Um, so... The same th- four guys that you listed just there <laughs> with the same people I listen to every day. Bibi, Rura, Abba, and Andrea? They're my guys, yep. Along with about six different uh, musical theater albums, of course. Do you have these guys kind of on like one playlist together or are you just like constantly just like in rotation of like your favorite stuff? As, as soon as I get through Punisher, I listen to it another time and then I say, okay, probably have listened to that a few too many times today, so move on. And so then I go to Ava or then I go to whoever. But yeah, it's the same, it's the same group of people over and over again uh, on a sickening repeat cycle. <laughs> how did you how did you come to discover like uh, I mean Phoebe Bridgers is fairly new, but like Abba and Andrea Bocelli, like that difference in like uh, range like how, how how did that kind of like was that just like your family or just like when you were younger like how, how did that come about for you to fall in love with them uh when I was a kid we always had music playing in the house from like we we have tons of these home videos from when we were all kids my sisters and my parents and um we have one video of like the day that I was brought home from the hospital kind of a thing and every single one of the videos we have has music in the background and it was always Andrea Bocelli and maybe like Celine Dion was kind of the the two artists that were always in the background we just had CDs and CDs and CDs of Andrea Bocelli and he's in every video we have is him singing in the background so I just grew up with him I was always listening to him as a kid and uh, yeah, he just was like a part of our, our family. I don't know where, how my parents got into him. They saw him as when they were young and I guess they just loved him and always had him on in the house. And then um, I got to see him in Dublin. He was playing in, uh, when was it? It must've been 2018. So it was two or three years ago now. And um, he's just as amazing as he always was. But like he, he, he yeah, God, I just have been listening to him for so many years. I, 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 um, He's a staple in our house, by all means. Um, Abba just is, you know, a a Eurovision icon. So if you live in Europe or have anything to do with Europe or, you know, you know the Eurovision and you live for the Eurovision um, every couple of years. And Ireland Ireland has had so many kind of like really, really famous um, people come out of the Eurovision, I guess, Colin Wilkinson and... Riverdance were, um, they, they were sort of like made big through the Eurovision. So 
um, if you're into it, then, you know, obviously ABBA is like the ultimate shining star of the Eurovision. Uh, and I, uh, I, I live and breathe um, Mamma Mia and I have for very many years now. So between, between uh, listening to ABBA from Eurovision so many years ago and uh, living through Mamma Mia and Mamma Mia 2, here we go again <laughs> in the more, more recent years. Abba's always been on my on my go to playlists, but yeah, they're so different and um, and yeah, but I don't know. They're they're just they're the two people that I always that I always go to. I I remember when I was a kid. I think my mom and my stepdad had CDs of Andrea Bocelli in our house as well. We had like w- yeah. growing up, you know, in a Jewish household, and you would have like Shabbat dinner every Friday night. There was like a few CDs that would be on rotation. And I remember one of them being, one of them was Yo-Yo Ma. Like my mom was, yeah, yeah, my mom was really into Yo-Yo Ma at the time when I was a kid. And I am pretty sure another one of them was Andrea Bocelli. I just remember the two names on rotation together. Um, And then I grew in, I grew up in like a musical household. So, you know, Mamma Mia. It wasn't until, I'm like an idiot saying this sometimes. Like it wasn't until I was older realizing that Mamma Mia is like based on- abba and like i was like a thing but like i was just like oh wow this like old group is singing music that sounds really familiar to me and then yeah thankfully for the internet and i realized where my where my thoughts were were lying (laughs) thanks to meryl streep (laughs) that's so cool though that he's just uh andrea bocelli is just on in the background and all the like home videos like growing up i feel like it's rare that in something like that you know in, in, in like a home video sense that there's always music playing and oh, always i feel Every like that speaks a video. lot to to your you, your upbringing and and you know your family too just right there that everybody was playing just music all the time and was it yeah. I'm, I'm assuming it wasn't just only for the videos like it's just like every day there was something oh god on no no it was everything yeah I, I mean birthday videos christmas videos fine whatever but we have videos of just everyday life and like kids in the bathtub and it's not the music in the bathroom you know it's the music that you can hear in the background in the kitchen or in the living room that's just going on no no it certainly wasn't like a stage for the video per se but it's really strange to look at videos of you as like a one or two or three year old kid listening to this very profound opera singer in the background and these three little kids running around who can barely speak yet can sing all these random notes and 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 like italian lyrics to andrea bocelli's music it's so strange to watch did you see yourself like at that point like you guys were singing along and like could oh, yeah. you know Oh, every word, every word. Yeah. We had this video, actually, we watched it quite recently. And I have two sisters, one younger and one older. And um, we have a video of the three of us sitting on the couch. And we, I think we just moved to America. And yeah, the couch, we kind of had nothing in the living room. It's just the couch. And the three of us were, we just, I guess, we. I think we just come out of the bath or something. We were wrapped in towels and kind of getting ready to go to bed. And we were maybe, I don't know, like, three, five, and seven, that kind of age. And um, we had the sound of music playing in the background. And it was just a video of the three of us mesmerized, like staring at the wall, listening to the sound of music and singing the sound of music. But, you know, normally you'd think of kids singing My Favorite Things or like one of these kind of kids songs from the sound of music. But <laughs> instead we were singing the song that's like, Hallelujah! You know, the song <laughs> the nuns sing at the beginning. And these like tiny little tots kids are singing on the hallelujahs and all the harmonies and all this stuff. It's so funny to watch. It's so like advanced it's so strange to watch it's not the song that the average child would decide to sing but alas here we are 
Oh, God, it's so funny to look back on. <laughs> My mom always likes to tell me uh, the story about when I was like, I think maybe I was like four. This has come up a lot of times in my life. When she would drive me somewhere, it was always some Disney CD or something on in in the car. And her memory of it is I said, um, I was like Tarzan. And I, I said, mom, can you play the song where Clayton is uh, fighting Tarzan? And my mom looked mm. back in the seat at me and she says, there is no song. There is no, like, she thinks I'm asking for like, you know, the singing songs and stuff. But I was, I was yeah. asking about the, the score, you know, the, that the, I think it's titled the gorillas where, you know, and I said, yes, there is. And yeah. her memory is that I started to sing the score of the song because, and, and that was how like my brain worked as a child with like movies and music was just that everything was like visual to me just as I was hearing it. And I think it's very interesting, you know, and it's cool that you guys were able to see that on video, but I'm sure like if anybody talked to any parent or like just, you know, someone older who saw you grow up, I'm sure there's something that someone experienced similar to that where, you know, it wasn't just always like a, you know, sing songy, you know, music that they really wanted to listen to. And, you know, but it's always those small things. That's really interesting. Yeah. My sister does that as well. We'll be in the car and she'll say, like, put on the train song, put on, put on the train song. And, you know, there'll be no train song or there'll be barely anything to do with the train, but there'll be some noise in the score that sounds like, or something totally random, but she's just interpreted as the, a train sound and therefore the song becomes a train song. But we all know exactly what she means by it. And instantly the song that she wants gets played. It's mad, isn't it? It's insane, but yeah. in a cool way. Yes. Did you yeah, guys yeah. Did you guys grow up performing, you and your sisters? We did, yeah. We grew up in a musical household and my fam- my parents were always, my mom's a musician, she's a singer. Well, she's a nurse, but she, she, she was always, you know, singing and stuff like that. And um, my dad and her met my my mom and my dad when they met like when they were dating and stuff when they were younger they used to do musicals together you know stuff like that so as kids we always were doing musicals we were always playing music with my mom and singing with her and I I don't know life without (laughs) without musical theater it's just been something the five of us did for so many years and again we have so many videos of us as kids doing musicals and you can barely see us because we're so small on stage (laughs) what is it that attracted you to Phoebe Bridgers Oh God, Phoebe Bridgers. I kind of discovered her on a whim. I uh, I would never have found her myself, but uh, I met up with an old mate of mine from school years ago, a couple of years ago now. And um, we just went for a few pints. In New- it was in New York. So I was like home in, in, in New Jersey for the summer and I was visiting friends in New York, whatever. We were like chatting and catching up and seeing how life was going. And um, we were getting along real well and talking about music and stuff like that. And we kind of really understood each other's love for music. It was always, it was like something we could very easily talk about. But then when we got to specifics of who do you listen to and who do you listen to, we were trying to compare our favorite artists. And I was like, oh, well, have you listened to the, you know, 2002 recording from the Royal Albert Hall of this musical, whatever? And he was like, no creep and uh, he was saying oh have you listened to Phoebe Bridgers and I was like no I don't know who that is and I'll never listen to her and uh, sure enough uh, he ended up putting together a playlist of like songs that he liked that I'd never even heard of and I think I must have been flying home to Dublin the next day or something but in any case I got on the flight and didn't I Back and forget to download the app that has all the movies and stuff like that so I had nothing to listen to or watch for this like six hour flight 
somehow I'd managed to download this playlist that he'd put together. And on it was a bunch of random songs. I, I, I don't know what the other songs were. Like, you know, none of them really stood out to me. But one of them, this was before Punisher came out, was Motion Sickness, Phoebe Bridgers. And I swear to God, Max, I think I listened to that song for the entire six hour flight. Like I just was so sucked in. Wow. I don't know what it was. I, 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 um, I, I just loved it so much. But um, so then, yeah, a couple of years later, I, I didn't really forget about her, but I didn't, I kind of just thought she only had motion sickness. You know, I didn't look her up after that because I very rarely look up people or search new artists. I'm really bad at sticking to what I know and not really going outside of my comfort zone that way. But Punisher came up, you know, a year or two later, I think, was it 2020 it came out, I think? I think around that time. Or or 2019? Yeah, it came out and um, I just recognized her name and remembered how much I loved that one song on this one random playlist that this one person made for me. And uh, God, I listened through it and it was like the best thing ever. And I adore that album. It is so morbid and cool and just like really really raw I love it so much and yeah it's one of the ones I listen to on repeat but again like I just would never have found her if I hadn't been given that random song and forgot to download movies on the flight um but I I think I love her so much because she's so different to anything else that I listen to or grew up with like you can never even begin to compare her to the likes of Celine Dion or Andrea Bocelli or any of these like classical people that I would have grown up with, um, you know, so I'd never heard music like that before. And even through my search for artists who are similar to her, who I've tried to actively find now because I love her so much. Uh, I just, I haven't found anyone who, who is like her or who makes music like her and like the musicians she works with are just unbelievable i think it's your man marshall who's in her band and is just oh an incredible musician um i just think they come up with really innovative tunes and <laughs> it's really enjoyable to listen to i haven't listened to her a lot but i know that it's uh i think the ones that i've heard like on the radio or through like playlists i'm like she's a very raw sound and something yeah. that's like, for me, is not really what catches my like, you know, oh, I'm going to go listen to her. But I know that if I dove in, I probably would have had a similar experience to you and probably will after the show when I go and listen to yeah. all these guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, when, you're, when you do get recommended music or when you're trying to, like you were saying, you're trying to find people who are like Phoebe. Are you somebody who's looking for like the vocals, like a strong voice or kind of like a big, powerful, like, you know, all around band? I suppose I always look for instruments, actual instruments. A lot of songs and music that I come across lately is kind of digitized and electronic and it's all fine. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not my cup of tea so much as real instruments are. Yeah, I don't kind of sit and become relaxed and enjoy music as much when it's not you know, like acoustic, uh, or not just, not that sound. I don't mean that, but when it's actual instruments playing in the back. So that's probably the the main thing that I would not necessarily look for, but I would stay listening if that was part of it. But yeah, like interesting vocals is another thing, of course, but I think rhythm is probably what, what gets me if there's like changing tempos and, and strange syncopation that you haven't really heard before, that would probably be the thing that reels me in the most and and gets me to stay. I came across, I I was asking a friend, like, find me the album that is not Punisher, but is the next closest thing. (laughs) And he sent me um, 
the album A Common Truth, I think the album is called. And it's by, oh, I can't even remember her name. She's, she's something else. Anna B. Savage, that's who it is. A Common Truth by Anna B. Savage. It is class. It's so freaky. And oh, sorry, not A Common Truth, A Common Turn, A Common Turn, A Common Turn. But again, like I loved it, but I, I and it, I've listened to it a few times, which is more than I could say for a lot of albums I've listened to, but it's still not made its way into my cycle of doom, but <laughs> maybe it will. The cycle of music that you constantly listen to is your cycle of doom. Mm. The cycle of doom that prevents me from sleeping at night. And oh, Max, it's so bad. I have, I just constantly can't turn it off in my head. Like I don't have to be listening to my eye, whatever. I was going to say my iPod, but it's not 2003 anymore. But you still have I a working have, one. I want to see it because... Like, I don't have to have headphones in or a, a, a speaker on to be listening to music. I just... It's constant in my head. It's um, it's kind of dangerous. Like, I, I just can't sleep at night. I have to start taking melatonin because like, I can't sleep. I'm constantly singing and... and going over rhythms and things in my head and but it's my own fault because I keep listening to the same things over and over again so I don't know how I expect myself to forget about it for a moment because I uh, I don't turn it off and every time you're listening you're always finding something new and so you're isolating something else and those moments when you're just by yourself playing in your head you're like finding the things in your head remembering like oh well the bass line in there is actually pretty nice or like oh this drum beat like did the thing like yeah i totally get that now what is trad oh trad is um oh god how do i describe trad it's like the music that i don't know oh i i don't know how to describe trad uh it's very kind of it, it's the music you would have heard i'm trying to think of what people would kind of know maybe riverdance is not trad in any way but it's that it, it's you know it's got like traditional in so irish irish music music in general is a huge part of irish culture it it, it is I mean, 90% of the culture, the other 10% being drinking, but, um, you know, I don't know how to describe it, but we have specific instruments here that are Irish, uh, traditional Irish instruments that you wouldn't really find elsewhere in the world. And there's probably different takes on these instruments in different cultures as well. You know, we have like a baron, which is a type of drum. It's made of like a sheepskin and we've got different whistles and and flutes and, and things like that. But trad as a genre is quite I God, I, Max, you've stumped me. I don't know how to describe it. It's very like upbeat um, when people get together and play trad music in, you know, what we call like a session, which is just lad, lads getting together playing a few tunes. You don't really need sheet music or or anything. You don't really need sort of a guide at all to play it. You just kind of know what standard set of what standard rhythm you follow and then all these people start playing different instruments and they follow a rhythm but everyone knows that if you at least stick to the rhythm that's all you need to know and you can kind of make it up as you go and it ends up being you know what will we call trad music yeah no it's class it's 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 class i i don't know how to describe the sound though it's very kind of raw and instrumental and yippity yippity yip i don't know how to describe it it's um it's very lively. It's very dancey. You can't listen to trad and not be, you know, step stamping your foot or clicking your or something. You know, it's very um, rhythmic, but uh, 
yeah, it's just it's just such a huge part of, of Irish culture. I, I really like yippity yippity as an explanation. Um, I'll definitely have to go check that out. That's uh, a really great way to describe it. I 100% want to hear some examples if that's something I can find online for sure. So I want to segue you're bringing up in the show that nobody else has, which is musicals. And you did the honor of providing your top five musicals for me, which are The Band's Visit, The Color Purple, Miss Saigon, Once on This Island, and Jagged Little Pill. Really incredible list. Did you see all, have you seen all these shows live or have you just listened to some of the albums? I've seen them all. I've seen them all. I I saw them all in New York City. Yeah. And then at some point I saw Miss Saigon. I've seen Miss Saigon far too many times. Um, Jagged Little Pill, I snuck in because I saw it just before the pandemic hit. So I've only seen that once. I don't remember what else was on the list. But yeah, I think I've seen them all a good few times. But whenever they were in New York, I I would have made my way over (laughs) to go and see them. Did your family, when you would come to New York, did you always try and like go in, like see a new show that was on? Or is it usually just like if you saw like a revival, you know, you were more attracted to to go in to see that one because you guys knew the music already? Anything, anything that crosses a stage, I'm there. It doesn't matter what it is. We've seen some some shows that really and truly should never made it to the stage, but we go because I don't know. It's it's just my favorite thing in the world. I, I can't get enough of it. So yeah, anytime I'm in New York or anytime I'm in America, I uh, I have to make, we, we all just go to New York. It's it's the thing to do. And we, we see as many shows as we can squeeze in. When you're looking back on the shows that you have seen, do you have a moment or a memory where there was a performance of any of these shows that really spoke to you or kind of just like (laughs) stands out above the rest? I do. Oh God. So I've told a few people this, I suppose. Um, but I'm amazed that this moment, like of all the years I've been seeing musicals and all the years I've been watching shows and watching videos of them and stuff like that. I'm amazed that this, um, performance that I saw, that was so epic to me was so recently, you know, like it's still so new to me. And I think that I'm still so blown away by it because it was so recent. But in any case, yes, I, I absolutely, there are many performances that have blown my mind and, you know, I come away very inspired after watching them, but this was just something else. So I saw the musical Jagged Little Pill a couple of years ago. It was, yeah, right. It really was right before, I think it was the Christmas before the pandemic, which would have been the last few months that I was in New York. So we really and truly squeezed it in the day before I flew flew home to, to Dublin. And it was kind of a random pick. It was between that or what else was on at the time? Maybe like maybe Hades Town or something was on. And we took a vote and maybe Jackie Little Pill won by one vote or something. So we went to see it, but I didn't know the music I knew so the story of Jagged Little Pill the 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 script is written around the album Jagged Little Pill which is um written by Alanis Morissette who uh, obviously that album is from the 90s and it it's been I mean it's gone down in history already it's one of the greatest albums ever written in in any genre of music in my opinion anyway so Alanis's music is is showcased in this musical and there's a story written around all of these songs. So I was kind of only half familiar with some of them, you know, the one that's like, isn't it ironic? Don't you think it's like, right, that one there, everyone seems to know, uh, and a bunch of the other ones. But uh, yeah, I didn't know the music and I kind of rarely go into a show not knowing every single word already. So um, right off the bat, it was 
going to be a surprise. But in any case, yes, there there was this one actor in it. Lauren Patner's is her name, and she was playing this character Joe, and she'd originated the role. So, um, you know, I kind of thought, what's 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 going to be what's going to happen? I have never seen this actress before. I've never seen this character before. I've never seen anything to do with the show before. And I tell you, Max, she walked on that stage, and I was like, I I didn't know what to think. It was just. Uh, I've never seen, well, in a very long time, a character so well-developed. And I didn't know who this person was, this character called Joe, and what their story was. And, oh, it was just incredible. So in any case, the, the story that this character Joe tells is amongst a bunch of other stories. But one of the storylines in her plot is of her sort of breakup with her girlfriend, there's a scene where they get really angry at each other and there's this big fight and words are thrown and all this kind of stuff. And then she starts singing this song, um, You Ought to Know, which is obviously another hit by Alanis that's on the Jagged Little Pill album, the original album. And I think I maybe heard this song maybe once or twice in my life. I kind of recognized it, but not enough that I, enough that I said to myself, oh yeah, that rings a bell, but not enough that I kind of knew every word or what the song was about or where it was going to go. And she stands on the stage and she stares into like the abyss that is the audience. And there, the other, other character that she's going through this breakup with is on the stage, but is just completely ignored. Like she just falls into the darkness and all eyes are on this character, Joe, right? And she starts singing the song and it starts out really soft and really like tense and quiet and oh, like really kind of, um, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. I'm so lost for words. It was just like quiet epicness, just like what on earth is going to happen? And she starts singing this kind of angry, aggressive song, but really softly and kind of edgy and, and oh, just like so uncomfortable to watch because of how gripping and tense the situation was. So the song keeps going, picks up, it picks up. The pace is picking up. The drummers in the back are slashing on their drums. The guitarists over here, like the whole orchestra is on the stage at this point. And you can see everyone kind of slowly picking up and slowly, you know, moving their heads a little bit more. And and you can start to see people kind of getting into it a little bit more. You, you know, the song starts out really tense and quiet and yada, yada, yada. But then suddenly it just flips a switch and everything on the stage turns red. Everyone starts getting angry. It's like all these dancers are running around the place, climbing on top of people, clawing the other characters on the stage. And the main character, Joe, has just transformed into this like bundle of rage, screaming the song from the rooftops at this girlfriend and going through this unbelievable... transformation that I will just never forget. And she screamed this song from the top of her lungs. And you could see the veins popping out of her skin from, you know, rows behind. You could see sweat dripping down her head. You could see the anger in her while she was performing the song. I mean, it was like nothing else I've ever seen in my life. By the end of the song, I was on my feet, like slashing my head, my arms over the banister. I was, oh, it was like, it was like the rock moment of my life anyway. Essentially, my favorite moment that I've ever seen on stage was this moment in Jagged Little Pill, the song You Ought to Know, where Joe just lost her absolute mind. Never seen a performance like that. It was so gripping. 
she got a standing ovation in that in, in after that song for I think it lasted probably 10 minutes. It was unbelievable, Max. I've never seen something like that in my life. And there's no other way to describe something that like hits you so emotionally like that. That's incredible. Wow. I'm really glad that we were you were able to bring this up and, and to talk about it because I feel just the way we're talking about it, like there's really no difference in talking about musicals than talking about like seeing like for me, like seeing a band perform live at like a concert because it's the same. It's all the same. Like I could follow a band right now that I discover and they like continue to go on a track and they release an album after album after album. And you see them like grow and know that like I remember seeing them here on this YouTube video or, you know, on this TikTok somewhere and I have that one album and now I'm seeing them headline at, you know, Lollapalooza or something. And it's just talent and the growth that an artist has on stage at a musical, I think can translate just as much as the artists and bands that are trying to grow and just like, you know, the music realm of performing. Well, it is time for my favorite part of the show and everybody's least favorite part of the show, the <laughs> quiz. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think I'll log off here. I think I'll just say goodbye here. No, this is uh, <laughs> this is the best part, and I, I they, they'll be fine. Don't worry. And there, there's just no, there's no grades. There's nothing. You're just we're just gonna we're just gonna see, and you'll learn right. something. Yeah, it's true. It's true. I'll learn. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Question one. Before becoming a solo artist, what band was Phoebe Bridgers a member of? Oh, is it the Oblivion Center one? Something about a community center, a, a blip community centers for Oblivion. I don't know. What's that one called? Is that what it is? Sloppy Jane. Oh, yeah. I actually have come across Sloppy Jane before. Have you actually? Yeah, I have in my depths of phoebe berger searches yeah but what's the other one she's in community i don't know what's called it i'm sorry i'm asking the questions here (laughs) sorry i don't get the questions at this part Um, yeah i'll look at the other one though okay do you know what dude she was uh i saw that she plays the uh the bass in that band which uh i didn't realize she was a bass player which is really cool yeah 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 that's awesome cool all right Question two. This one should be an easy one. What song contest did ABBA compete in in 1974? The Eurovision. <laughs> hey, there you go. Correct. Okay, I got that, that one. <laughs> They're not that bad. Do you know uh, what country they beat? What they beat? Yeah. Do you know? Bonus um, question. Oh, God. I would have thought they won. No. no, 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 they did. Do you know which country oh, yeah. they beat? <laughs> I was going to say Sweden. Yeah, oh, yeah, which yeah. country they beat? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Sweden versus... Oh, God, I don't know. Um, surely it was an art. Uh, it was Italy. What? It was Italy. Oh, they won this year. Yeah. Um. I. I yeah, no. I, I don't remember. But you got that one, right? Good, yeah. <laughs> 50%. In my world, that's passing. That's good. Yeah. In 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 the Irish world, that's passing as well, actually. Yes. A, yeah, 40% is, is, a, is a pass in, in our <sighs> in exams. Yeah. You hear that, mom? 40% is passing. Yeah, but you can't really get above a 70, so it's kind of kind of evens out. <laughs> See, I was just I was meant to just go to school in Ireland. That's just mm. the that's just the lesson there. All right, question three. How old was Andrea Bocelli when he became completely blind? 
Oh, Jesus, I have no idea. Um, uh, I know, I'm fairly certain he's, ne- he's been blind for the entire portion of time that his son has been alive, and I think his son might be like 30 or something. Uh, Jesus, I don't know, Max. I, don't, I really don't know. According to the, these are moments where I say according to the internet, so that way I don't <laughs> hold myself accountable. According to the internet, he started to lose sight when he was 12. Okay, yeah. So he was very yeah. young, which also I didn't even know he was blind. So that was really cool for me to find out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, um, yeah, I've never known him as a non, I've always, I've never known him as a non-blind singer. That's always been something that stood out about him. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool to see because you don't ever, I mean, why would you know? You're, he's a singer. You don't watch him, you know. But when I saw him, when I saw him in in um, in, in Dublin a couple of years ago, you know, he had he had someone kind of not help him walk and walk, but just guide him off stage and guide him off the steps. And you just completely forgot about it in the middle of the performance because, I mean, not that being blind or anything like that would make you think there was a deficit in a person. I don't mean that by any means, but. Um, like you know it's something you didn't think about but actually in actual fact it's something that kind of wouldn't i don't know what i'm trying to say but basically it's surprising it (laughs) it doesn't affect ours like viewing him because yeah yeah yeah. a voice of an angel yeah or i guess it's it's something that we uh, me as a sighted person internalizes as something that would be so detrimental to my everyday life but obviously if he's he's lived with this his whole life it's not like um you know a a, um yeah in any case (laughs) i don't know what i'm talking about (laughs) i know exactly what you're saying question four what is the character's name who is the god of water in once on this island i have to go through all the uh the songs now um osaga um he sings the song rain um oh i have to go through every song now max um Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Saga. You can text the strength of love. I I have it. I just have to get through the end of the song. This is gonna take a long time. That's okay. Can you give me a clue? (laughs) No, I'll I'll get it. Hold on, hold on, I'll get it. I don't Um, know the song is as good as you. Okay, Ho Ti Moon. This is the death song when she dies. Mm-hmm. Um, Azuli is the other one. Azuli took her by the hand, yeah. Lay down to rest. And Asaga was a. Asaga? No, I said that, right? Yeah, Asaga but now. Azuli took her by the hand. And na, 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 na. And Asaka accepted Agwe. Agwe. I said that, no? No, you said, uh, no, what? <laughs> oh, and Agwe wrapped her in a yeah. rave. Yeah. And lay her to, I think it's the shore. Agwe. Agwe, Asaga. Papage, Asaga was, uh. Earth. Yeah, that right? was, that was Alex. That was Alex. Alex Newell, yeah, yeah. Agwe was, uh. Oh, he's Water. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Agwe, yep. Sorry, yep. <laughs> Don't apologize. That was... <laughs> I got to hear I got to hear you sing. That was awesome. <laughs> um. All right. Last question. All right. 
What festival in Glasgow has Rura performed at for seven consecutive occasions after winning in 2010? Is it a trad fest or a big fest or like a? I mean, it could be. It's not. It's not named that. Like actually, but it could be a trad fest in Glasgow. So, yeah. I don't know. The Celtic Connection Festival. Yeah. Sounds pretty American to me. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't make it up. (laughs) I I wouldn't know. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah, they're Scottish trad band, but they're (laughs) yeah. You got to give them uh, give them a good listen. They're they're so cool. They're really good. Well, that was good. You didn't do horrible. Yeah, I'm I'm not that disappointed in myself, but no, now you know. Yeah. I have one more question for you, which is what I ask every person when I close out the show, which is in your best way, however you can describe it. Can you describe to me what music means to you or what music has meant to you in your life? The proof that you're real. I mean, you know, if you're, if you, if you fall in love, music suddenly has more of a meaning like it has more it has more of a depth it so it changes its meaning when you are going through something or when you're going through heartbreak let's say the way you perceive music changes music and your perception of it and how it changes i think is like proof that something's going on inside your head or in real life it's like evidence that something is changing and the way that it changes you know if you have a song that used to make you really happy or 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 used to not make you happy used to make you feel no difference now makes you really happy or really sad is evidence that there's been a shift in some way that you've perceived something that's affected your life it's like proof of life it's like proof of what's going on in 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 your brain i guess is the best way i can describe it If you want to tune out to Quiva's favorite music, check out her curated playlist. Click the link in this episode's description or check out our Instagram bio at tuneout underscore podcast. Thanks for listening, and I hope you join me next time on Tune Out.